0: It, it really is. I mean, and you feel confident after. You feel like you can make those saves when you go into practice, when you go into a game, and that confidence is just as important as physically being able to make the save.
1: Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This
0: is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast.
1: Now your host, coach, Damon Wilson. Aww, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rap Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon, and this is the show 100% dedicated to the lacrosse goalie. And On this show, my job is really simple. It's just track down the best goalies in our sport, interview them, find out what makes them so great. What are the stories they can tell us? What are the drills that they do, what are the mindsets that they have, and hopefully with each episode you pick out a thing or two that you can incorporate into your own lacrosse goalie game. I know I certainly do with my coaching. Last week we had the Division II Goalie of the Year, Blake Ulmer. This week we go Division Three. It's Jack Michael from York College. Jack was an honorable mention All-American as he just finished up his final season with york he joins the show to talk about why the d3 program was right for him how he ended up there lacrosse in michigan and a lot of other topics awesome awesome young man so please enjoy this conversation with york goalie jack michael Last week, we wrapped up the Lacrosse Goalie Summit 7, and if you missed it, I got to say this, it was electrifying. Five days of nonstop content about every corner of the lacrosse goalie universe. We covered things like the proper save techniques for more consistency, building that bulletproof mindset and that mental game, simple hacks to win games, recruiting tips to get into a great college. We talked about school and life balance. We talked about how to communicate with your defenders. We talked about awesome tips and drills to help you clear the ball. And, and drills, drills, drills. We covered so many drills and really everything in between. A lot of lacrosse goalie moms and dads uh, said this. This was from Heather Hagan. She said, my 2027 son, Jace, is participating in the summit. And wow, just wow. The amount of info slash info knowledge him and I have gained is incredible. Every goalie should go through this. 100% agree, Heather and Jace. That's exactly why I brought 20 of the best goalie coaches in the world together for this amazing event. If you missed out on it, you can still grab the VIP pass, laxgoalierat.com slash VIP. That gives you lifetime access to all of the videos. You You've got a slim window of opportunity to grab that VIP pass. It's going to go up in price soon. Here's what one goalie mom told me over the weekend. She said, my daughter 2025 was away at camp during the summit. So I purchased the VIP pass and she's watching the sessions now that she's back in town. Just wanted to let you know how incredibly helpful all these sessions have been to me as a parent. And I know they will be even more valuable to her in the goal. She's starting with the summer tournament prep video getting ready for her tourney this weekend in Chattanooga. That was Tim Cassie. He did a uh, uh, Tips for Summer Tournaments for Goalies and Parents. Amazing session. You can download all those videos if you get the VIP pass. Watch them on the car. Watch them on the plane ride. It's awesome stuff. Once again, grab that VIP pass. Available for a limited time. laxgoalierat.com slash VIP I guarantee you the best value you're going to get for lacrosse goalie coaching, laxgoalierat.com slash VIP. Uh, It is a pleasure to welcome to the show, Jack Michael, division three goalie, actually just graduated. Um, but Jack, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks coach. Excited to be here.
1: Yeah, this is going to be awesome. Pleasure to chat with you. I'd love to hear the story. If you remember of the first save you made.
0: Uh, yeah, actually I do. Um, The first save or the first time I decided to step in goal? Let's go with the first time you decided to step into goal. Okay. Um, So it was sixth grade, and I actually wanted to be an attackman, and our coach huddled us up for the beginning of practice, and he's like, guys, we don't have a goalie, and you need a goalie if you're going to play lacrosse. Would anyone like to volunteer? And my hand just shot up. Like, without thinking, it just instinctually shot up. Um, And I remember I was so excited because the goalie head was different, and I loved the aesthetic of the head. Um, and so they got the gear on me. They put like these huge baseball shin guards on and the first shot they threw low and I just kicked out my leg and and saved it with the pads. And they're like, he's going to be a goalie. And, uh, I guess that was my first save was just throwing my leg at the ball.
1: There you go. So that was the first time being in goal and the first save it was a little little twofer right there. Yeah. Um, what was it you think about the position? Was it that made you throw up the hand? Was it purely the stick, purely the equipment, or was there something else going on there?
0: I think it was just uh, the fact that the goalie position is unique. No one else on the field gets their own space. Yeah, um, only they're allowed in. Um, no one else on the field uh, gets to save the ball and then clear the ball in in that fashion. So I think it was just that individualism of the position that I was attracted to. It was something that none of my friends were doing. So,
1: yeah, that's awesome. Now you made that first save. You had the shin guards on. H- how did you go about uh, learning how to make saves from there?
0: so I played that sixth grade season completely raw. Um, just kind of figuring out and and whatever my natural instincts told me to do and whatever coaches we had would give me their pointers. Um, but that summer I was fortunate. My dad sent me to TGS goalie school. Um, they were hosting one in Ohio by bill pilot.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I, I learned all the fundamentals going into seventh grade. Um, and I just ate it all up. I mean, I was a full on lax rat and, uh, I watched as many YouTube clips as I could of all the college goalies and just kind of decided to pick and choose from styles I liked and and developed it over time.
1: That's pretty cool. Who, uh, Which goalies did you end up, would you say, influenced your game the most?
0: Um, Man, there's so many of them. I think Jack Kelly from Brown. I really loved how big he played in the goal. Jared Connors from Navy. Um, for some, I really liked his Austin Kip saves. Mm-hmm. Um, those two were pretty big. Um, Kyle Burnlore was, was a pro goalie for the machine at the time. So I looked up to him, um, and then just kind of the older high school goalies around me. Um, it was really cool to be able to work with them. And, and so that was, that was good time for sure. I also was fortunate to work with some of the Detroit mercy college goalies. So just being a little kid and being able, you know, to take lessons from a college kid, um, regardless of their name was a huge deal for me. Oh, means the world, right? Yeah, means the absolute world. <laughs> yeah. Um, I
1: remember playing um at Cal, right? And then after a game, this kid comes up and just like, you know, hands me the ball and a pen. And I'm just like, oh man, that's so that's so awesome. You know, like it's you so don't re- cool. yeah, you don't realize like you're you're an idol for these kids. Um, even though in my mind, like at the time, like, you know, I'm just learning, learning myself. So right. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Um, talk to me about, so you grew up in, in Michigan. Yeah. Yep. Talk to me about
0: Michigan lacrosse. So, um, it's, it's growing just like everywhere in the world. Um, I was really fortunate in Southeastern Michigan to, uh, to, to go to brother rice high school, which was, is pretty dominant in the state of Michigan. And we're fortunate to play, uh, teams from all across the country. So in middle school, kind of playing for their like developmental team, so to speak. Um, I was exposed to a lot of quality lacrosse. A lot of alum from the high school did play Division One in college, so that door was always open um, as a possibility that you could go play college, and it was competitive. I think as I've moved away and gotten to, to take a look back, um, it's definitely still small, and there's still a lot of growing that needs to be done. But there was a lot of kids in my area that were playing, and and there was kids that went on to play in college. So. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say it was much different than, say, playing in Baltimore.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, it's in many ways is like I grew up in California and it's like when I when I I'm a lot older. So like when I was in high school, there was no there was no team. There was no basically no organized lacrosse. And now, you know, all the high schools have teams and it's they're sending kids to D1 programs and it's just growing all over. So it sounds like in many ways, maybe a little bit more advanced, but in many ways, it's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Going back real quickly, one thing that you mentioned that um, I was going to say is pretty awesome is just picking unique elements of goalies games and, and bringing that into your own game. Like you mentioned Jack Kelly. I love his stance. You mentioned mm-hmm. uh, the Navy goalie, John Connor. Have you seen the the John Connor's Jack Kelly save edit, by the way?
0: Like a thousand times. I yeah. actually, I yeah. watch a lot of those edits leading up to games just to kind of get me in the mindset of saving the ball. I know but- I know. I do, too. Even when I'm
1: having a bad day, I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to go watch that save edit uh, just to get me in the right mindset, just to get, yep. get, you know, like get in a positive mindset and be like, yeah, all right, this is what we're doing out here. That's cool. Uh, anyway, going back to that point of just, you know, it doesn't have to be like their entire game. It's just one little element of their game. I'm going to try and incorporate that into my game, which sounds like that's what you did.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I would. I was pretty specific on it. I would like zoom in on the videos and look at where their hands were placed and how, how bent their knees were and all that stuff. So and just go out to the field and try it. Try to try to play like that goalie, try to be that goalie and see what works.
1: Yeah. Or see, and just see what doesn't work. Like, that's the cool thing about trying new things is like, all right, I'm going to try like a super wide base today. Um, Or just wider than I normally play. And then if you like it, and it works, guess what? You've just increased your game. But if it doesn't work, that's also great. Cause the, you've got this new level of confidence, knowing that, like, all right, the way I play in my base and my stance, that's the
0: right way for me. Right. And then once you kind of know what works for you, uh, you know, when you do eventually inevitably get scored on, you know, you're not like, it's my stance, it's the way I'm holding my stick. It's like yeah. you're confident, you know, I've gone through every possible way. Now I'm confident with the way I play. Like I can get the next one. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um,
1: how, do, how would you describe uh, your style of play?
0: Um, I, I'm pretty athletic in the cage. I'd say uh, just using my athleticism and my hand speed to my advantage. I'm a skinnier kid, um, so I don't take up a ton of the goal in terms of width. Um, so I kind of throw my legs around out there and and just try to use my hand speed and, and snap to the ball. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, kind of a tall, tall, lengthy lefty, huh?
0: Yep, yep.
1: All right, Drew Adams comes to mind when I think of tall, lanky, lanky lefties. Yeah. I don't know if you watch Drew play at all.
0: Yeah, I do. And, and yeah. some of those, like uh, those crazy kick saves he has had in the PLL and stuff. Um, trying to incorporate some of that into my play as well. Yeah, love it.
1: Uh, I was looking at your Instagram earlier. It looks like you're also a soccer goalie, or at least you played yeah. soccer yep. as well. Talk to me a little bit about about that, and do you think that's had an impact on your um, lacrosse goalie game?
0: Yeah, I would say soccer's had a really big influence in the way that I play the position. I actually grew up in Germany. And so from first to third grade, all I knew was soccer. And so I think I developed some of that, that foot eye coordination, so to speak. Um, And then I played goalie in high school. um, So kind of developed that ball stopping mentality and playing with your feet. And uh, soccer to me was always a secondary sport for fun, but there's a lot of training that goes into it. And I think the, the footwork aspect for sure, definitely translated to playing in the goal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, I mean, angle play a, a lot of, angle you know, foot understanding foot. your angles, like the angles are a little bit different, but it's still the same concept of like being in the right spot so that, you know, in, in your setup, so that like you maximize your opportunity to make the save. Yeah.
0: Yep. 100%. And yeah. in, in the style of playing the, Soccer goalie compared to lacrosse goalie is completely different. Whenever I transition, it, it takes like a week to kind of get used to the to the smaller net or the bigger net. But yeah, yeah the same principle the same principle of decreasing the angle and stopping the ball is is the exact same.
1: Yeah, that's I I uh, I had an ice hockey goalie, uh, someone who who it was actually Chase Ireland who who plays at Cornell. I just interviewed him, and he's also an ice hockey goalie. And that was like my main question is like when you play a lot of ice hockey goalie, it seems like you're your instinct if it comes at your shoulder would just be like to go like that you know what i mean Uh, and then as a lacrosse goalie like that you know your instinct yeah you got to get your hands over there so do you ever like i don't know be playing a lot of soccer goalie and then a shot comes and you're just like all right i'm gonna try and get my left or your
0: oh your left i mean i never played club soccer or anything serious just high school um and our coach would be like nice save, but like, you got to dive to catch the ball. And I'm like, but I just need to punch my hand over. (laughs) Like, so.
1: Oh, so it was the other way around. So you actually made a lot of saves lacrosse style as a soccer
0: goalie. Instead of like, you know, getting your hands in the ground and and falling on it, I would like kick save it like a lacrosse ball. That's funny.
1: Yeah. Um, I played soccer in high school too. I loved it. Um, It was mostly to get in shape for wrestling. Wrestling was kind of my main sport. And I realized that like no one, can push me as hard as being on a team and like running and doing all the training. So um, but I love soccer. It's a great sport. Yeah, great sport. Yeah. Why did you grow up in Germany or how how did that, what was that about?
0: My dad's in the automotive industry. Mm. So uh, he just had a, a three and a half year deal over there. So moved me and my mom over there and that was like just a super cool experience.
1: Yeah. And did you play any lacrosse over there or that, that was only when you got back to the States? only when I got back, I didn't even okay. know lacrosse was a sport until I was going into sixth grade. So <laughs> there you go. Like what is it, what is this stick and stick and ball sport going on here? Right. Yeah. Love it. Um, well, awesome. So, you know, when did you start to think about playing lacrosse at, at the
0: college level? I'd say in eighth grade, um, I fell in love with the sport right away and knew I wanted to keep playing it. And, uh, once you're, you know, kind of deciding on high school, one of the main pitches high schools give you is we want to try and get you to play or to go into college and, and then playing lacrosse. Um, I was like, well, could I do both? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. You should probably try and do both and try and save some money. And yeah, it's just, it was just a goal ever since. Nice. And then how did York enter the picture? Um, I was pretty under recruited in high school. And so I was going into my senior year and I didn't have any offers. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously the dream was to go D1, probably just like every kid going to recruiting tournaments. And that just wasn't happening for me. And uh, my club coach was like, uh, there's a couple D3 schools that are interested. You should probably take a look at the D3 landscape. Um, And I did, I did a visit with York and just fell in love with the coach and the environment and the culture. And I sat on it for like two weeks and I called my club coach and explained this all to him. And he's like, it seems pretty clear that you just want to go to York, man. So give coach a call and commit. And I did five minutes after that phone call. And, and that was that. Awesome. Going into that, um, I get a lot of questions about, you know,
1: how about recruiting and I, I never got recruited. I didn't even go through the process. I played MCLA at Cal. So it was like, I showed up and and like got in on my own merits and, and, and joined the team, right? Very different process. So I'm always curious about about these processes. So did you make like little highlight videos of yourself, put them on YouTube, send them to the coaches? Like how does, how did that work for you?
0: Yeah. Um, so pretty much every year, ex- excluding my junior and senior year, I made a fall highlight tape and then a spring highlight tape. Mm-hmm. And I would email that to coaches and and that'd be put up on YouTube. Um, I probably wasn't as ambitious with reaching out to coaches as I probably should have been. I think if I was going to look, back and tell myself, uh, talk to myself about the recruiting process. I would say be a little bit more, uh, outgoing with yourself and try and advertise yourself a little bit more. Mm. Um, but yeah, I definitely did make some highlight videos and stuff.
1: What what would that mean? Like just more emails?
0: Yeah, I would, I would be more confident reaching out to coaches, um, follow up emails for sure. Trying to get that visit for myself. Um, I think at that age, um, and this was before you had to wait until your junior year to commit. There oh. was a lot of kids already committed my sophomore year and I, I didn't grow until late. And so I think that got my, I got myself down mentally and almost gave up on some of the schools that were kind of dream schools. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I could see that. Like there's such a mental battle that goes into the lacrosse quality position, but there's also a mental battle. that goes into the recruiting process of like, Oh, well I'm not getting any, any attention or like my this this teammate of mine got three calls yesterday and I didn't get any. And then you, yep. you start getting down on yourself and kind of like quit. And it's it's a
0: very similar thing to being a goalie, right? Yeah <laughs> I think I think goalie adds an extra layer to that because you know most recruiting classes only take one goalie. Maybe all, two. All
1: recruiting class I'm yeah two very rare very rare very rare. rare. So yeah. if
0: if if you see on like inside lacrosse that this school has a goalie committed it's it's pretty easy to cross that one off the list. And that list can get small really, really quick. So mm, yeah. Yeah, man. Interesting. But honestly, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Um super happy here at York. So
1: that yeah. And I and I've heard that story so many times of like on this podcast, people like, I had my heart set on this school, I end up going to this other school, and it was like the best fit for me that it could have been. Um, and and like my theory is that colleges and college is an amazing time and playing lacrosse is an amazing experience and like just combining that you know like there's a lot of schools that you're just going to have an amazing experience at so enjoy it
0: absolutely absolutely
1: yeah. yeah um
0: where where is york what what do we need to know about division 3 college york york is in southeastern pennsylvania we're about an hour away from baltimore uh 2 hours from philly um yeah i mean D3 lacrosse is awesome. York is is pretty competitive. We've been uh, cracking the top five every year since I've been here, um, banging on the door for a national championship appearance and, and maybe a title one day. So definitely a, a really competitive up-and-coming program.
1: Love it. For people who um, I don't follow a lot of D three lacrosse, I wish I could. I really wish I could. People say you need to do more D three goalies and and D two goalies, and I'm like, I would love to believe you me, but I have trouble keeping up with just Division one. I mean, it's just yeah. me. It's just me and and like a couple other, uh, couple uh, like one other guy that helps me part time. Evan. Well, actually, now I got 19 interns, so. <laughs> I (laughs) got, I got got an army of interns, but anyway, my point is like, I don't watch as much D3 lacrosse as I should Um, talk to me about it and like compare it, maybe compare it to, I know you didn't play D1, but, but compare it in, in as much as you can to like a D1 program.
0: I mean, if, if you're talking about top 10 D3 teams in the country, it's pretty similar to D1, in my opinion, I think the biggest difference is, is just the size of kids. Most kids that play and start D1 are, you know, like your six 6'2", broad shoulder, 200-pound kids, mm-hmm. whereas D3 gets just as athletic as kids, but in stature may be a little bit smaller. Mm. Um, but the, the pace of play, um, the style of play, the flash, the flare, and, and all the X's and O's are, are the exact same. Interesting.
1: What about time commitment-wise? Like, what, what does a week of practice look, look like for you guys
0: in, in your program? I think it's pretty similar to D1. Um, it's a lot for sure. I think the biggest difference in time commitment with D1 and D3 would be in the fall. Um, for Division three, the NCAA allows 16 team practices. So you're limited in your off season to how many practices with a coach you can do. Um, but we still have unmandatory, but mandatory lifts and <laughs> runs and conditions. So I don't think we're allowed to like mandate workouts and stuff, but in under our team culture and probably most programs, you're doing something every day.
1: Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Um we had those as well. It's like they technically weren't mandatory, but if you didn't make it, if you didn't make it like you know you were in trouble. (laughs) That's <laughs> getting up to the
0: coach, and they're going to be like, "Why are you skipping practices?" So yeah, exactly. It's, it's
1: mandatory, and no one, no <laughs> one's like, "Well, it's not mandatory, so I'm not going to make it." That, that's not the right. And just and like we're going to those types of
0: kids out. just fizzle out. So. Totally,
1: totally. Yep. Uh, very cool.
0: And then, what about scholarships? You guys have scholarships? So, Division three, you're not allowed to get athletic scholarships. Okay, um, but they will. You can get academic scholarships and can kind of compensate with that.
1: Yeah. And is it like like in the MCLA I know we had the ability to like the only pull that we had we could kind of like flag a player so that like if he was on the edge of admissions, right? Like he was, you know, on the border of getting in and he was flagged and that would be like the push over the top. That's really the only say that we had. Did, does D3 do did they do did the, did the cross program have any say in helping the kid get into the school?
0: I'm not quite sure exactly um You know how that all works specifically. Um, I'd say most kids that come here are on pretty good academic standings Mm -hmm. and could get into the school. Um, Now, for like the NESCAC programs, who can kind of compare to the Ivys in a way, I'm not quite sure how that works. Whether they have a a certain GPA requirement that like the whole class has to equate to. Um, But honestly, I think if you have a good GPA in high school, you should be right and lacrosse could probably help get you in if you were on the border. Got it.
1: All right. Uh, sounds good. So what, I know you, you mentioned you just graduated, but what, you know, for you is, what was your goalie training regiment? Like, like, how do you get better? Is it, is it shots? Are there like other specific drills that you love doing or talk to me about that.
0: Uh, for me, it was just all shots. I love volume. Um, I think the best way to get better is just go out there with a couple of teammates and have them shoot on you as hard as they can for an hour and just kind of assess what you do. Um, One thing that I do is I put a video camera up when we do shooting sessions and I'll film the whole session. I'll go back and tediously analyze every movement I made and I'll look at my top hand position, my bottom hand, my feet, and then I'll go back the next day and see if I can correct that.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. So you just throw like the iPhone on, on a tripod and kind of set it up. Yeah. Yep. P- pointing right at you pretty close. Yes. I'll
0: move it all over. So, you know, go up and down the arc of where the shooters are shooting um, yeah. and just try and get some looks. Um, when it comes time in the spring, I don't do that as much. I don't want to get in my head about my mechanics. That's something that I do a lot in the off season in the winter and the fall. But that's a really um, good, then, that's a really good point, right?
1: Yeah. That's a really and good. Then, point. Uh, like-
0: yeah. I was gonna say other than that, just wall ball playing a lot of wall ball, um, not too serious, about like 50 right, 50 left, just going out there and having fun, like slinging the ball sidearm and underhand and kind of envisioning being in a game. And I think that just kind of having fun allows you to play a lot better. So, yeah. And that visualization piece like
1: really helps it. too. Yeah. yeah I was
0: making that save at the end of a game. and
1: Yeah. I would do that. I would do that every, uh, I would do that a lot, but I would do it before uh, games just in my, you know, where I was living in my bedroom. Right. And I just like, all right, visualize a guy running down the alley. Boom. There I am making the save. All right. Here comes a load of hot Boom. There I am making the save. Uh, and I just, Oh man, I I think, I think it's just as good as reps.
0: It, It really is. I mean, and you feel confident after you feel like you can make those saves when you go into practice, when you go into a game and that confidence is just as important as physically being able to make the save. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: when you get to York, uh does does your goalie game uh change or morph at all?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um I think literally just by by analyzing my own game and and watching college goalies at the time that I looked up to and thought were good, um picking things up, trying them, it just constantly is evolving. Um, we don't have a goalie coach, so it's not like someone came up to me and was like, you need to play this specific way or this style. I think it was just me kind of figuring it out over four years. Yeah. What, uh, what'd you figure out? <laughs> um, so many different things. Uh, it's hard to pinpoint one. I'd say, uh, hand position definitely changed. I used to be pretty straight out with my, my top hand yeah. and yeah. my bottom hand. So they were pretty extended. Um, I softened those up, loosened them a little bit. I used to be up high kind of like, you know, the classic eye thumb saying I dropped that down to more chin level, maybe even a little bit lower depending on the situation. Um, so my hands definitely changed the most. Um, and then I narrowed up my stance just a little bit. Yeah, love it.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting to see some of these photos of goalies and I don't know, just after watching so many goalies play, you know, I'm just like, no, no, don't do Like, you know, they'll have the, the hand just way up there, wigs, just these non-athletic setups. Um, and it's kind of clear that like they haven't, no goalie coach has been like, Hey, be relaxed, be athletic. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then when they do that, like oftentimes it's just like, they explode in terms
0: of their ability to make saves. So. Yeah. And every, every goalie's body's different. So it's true. You kind of got to find like where you feel most powerful with your arms and your legs and and where they rest naturally on yeah. that spot. And then, and then develop a consistent space around it.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned that I film ball thing. Cause when I first started like that is what, um, I learned as well. Like you want to set up, you know, in your top hand, like, you know, just looking right off of your thumb and the more like, you know, the shots are getting a lot faster, obviously, but like the more you look at goalies, a lot of times, like when they're set up that way, like the hands drop before, before they go, before they explode out. So they come down before they explode out. And so like, when you put, when you get your hand, like at, chin or your thumb at chin level, or even a little bit lower, it doesn't do that. Right. So then you can make that straight line right to the ball. And it sounds like it's exactly the experience you had.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah. You're still susceptible to dropping your hands, even if you bring it to chin level, that's something you got to rep out, but yeah, you
1: always are. Yeah. Yeah. You always are. I mean, it's just like the natural reaction. Like when someone goes, like goes to throw a punchy, you you kind of like, you know, you're going to kind of like flinch like that. And it's the same Mm -hmm especially the same the
0: concept
1: concept in your stomach. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, where every goalie's got like a, where, where do you least like to get hit? Every, every goalie's got like a, like a, like a spot that uh, the least
0: like to get hit. What, what is it for you? definitely the calf, like yeah. not on the mm-hmm. shin bone, but like right on the calf muscle cramps those, up hurts to walk. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Those ones are the worst because of the cramps, but typically also too, because they go in,
0: <laughs> yep countless times i've gotten hit in the shin or the calf and it's just trickled in and you're yeah. left limping and the scoreboard so.
1: yeah i mean if you get hit in the thigh if you get hit in the shoulder like that's that's good enough impact to where like yeah it hurts
0: but like you see the you made a save that doesn't hurt as much pops up in the air everyone's going crazy because you just made a cool save but
1: yeah that's cool um i saw earlier uh, or at least on your instagram that you were you were sponsored by uh powell powell lacrosse congratulations sure. on that and i would love to hear kind of what uh how that came to be
0: yeah um they reached out to me over on instagram in october um asked me to fill out a questionnaire if i was interested in, and i was because powell lacrosse is cool and i did that and uh they got me on the team and it was it was pretty cool they uh We're nice enough to send out a little care package and a cool note. And uh, in return, I just would have to do a couple posts on social media and add stuff to my story and represent the brand. So I use their shaft this season, which is really awesome.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, congrats on that. Who else? else? Were there other goalies sponsored by Powell? Yeah. Logan
0: McNaney was this season in division one. Yeah. And gosh, I feel bad. I'm blanking on the division two goalies name. He plays for Mount Olive uh, in D2.
1: Oh man, Anthony something, right?
0: Yeah. All right. Linking we'll at... on his last name. Yeah. Something with a no, maybe? Yeah.
1: He's a really good goalie. He's, uh, I've chatted with him on Instagram before. Um, we'll look it up. Hold on. Let's just look it up now. <laughs> this is great. This is great podcasting, huh? <laughs> no, but we're going to have to go back because I'm sure Powell does a lot. Avarello. Avarello. There you yep. go. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's reached out to me. So that's awesome. That's awesome that they, they sponsored goalie. I sponsored a bunch of goalies myself. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, as much as the, we can sponsor goalies, I'm, I'm all for it, man. I'm all, I'm all for the support. So congratulations on that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. So I'd love to hear about a time you went through a slump. Does anything come to mind? And, And if so, like, how did you go about getting out of that?
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I think slumps are pretty common. I go through them all the time. Um I think this year, you know, it, it kind of felt like I was in a slump the whole season. It was just getting up and, and getting as close to out of that slump as I could before a game. Um Yeah, they're tough. I think they're they're mentally really challenging. Um But again, the only way to really get out of a slump is is to get shots. Mhm. And, and to just know going into a game that I made a hundred shots over the, or a hundred saves over the last three days, like I'm capable of making every save, even if I don't feel spot on, you know, in the moment, it's something that I can do. And just kind of those, those self-affirmations that you are capable of making saves because I put in the work and prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's, it's a lot, it's a lot a lot of it's very mental, but yeah, the way you can get out of it is just take the shots. Right. And, and, and mentally get back into the, into the place where you're like, Oh, I know how to make this save. Right. I, I'm not, I'm a great goalie. Right. Just kind of get back and remember that. So.
0: I think, Um, I think another thing too is, is when you're getting those extra shots, you know, just with your buddies outside of practice is to kind of let your emotions out. Um, It's a, that's a time where you can get frustrated and and you can kind of lash out a little bit and i think that it kind of shows to yourself that you care a lot and then when you sit back and reflect you you become calmer in game moments you already let out that anger and aggression now you feel confident and calm going into the next the next save great point yeah it's an absolute great point um
1: what about your guys season this year um so i'm not sure how the uh D three lacrosse is organized, but it looks like you guys won won your division. Yeah. Uh yeah, we won our conference. Won the co- conference champions and then um had a good run in the in the in the championship tournament and lost
0: in the in the semis. Yeah. Talk to me a little exactly. bit about this season. It was this season was great. Um it was that the you know the first season that was more normal um after kind of two COVID-esque seasons. Um, so we got to actually play more out of conference games and play a pretty competitive schedule. And uh, you know, on paper, we we had I think statistically the best season in York program history. We had 17 straight wins and our first semifinal appearance. Um, and it was great. I mean, we got to play a lot of really good games and against really good teams. It was fun.
1: Yeah, who were the D three powerhouses? Salisbury, I, I think. Uh, you guys played them. Yep. It looks like. Um, yeah,
0: RIT. Uh Tufts, Salisbury, CNU, Lynchburg, pretty much most of the Nescach schools now are our top 20. Got it. Awesome. Gettysburg, Dickinson. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of run through the schedule here. Um well, very cool. Awesome. What about uh pregame rituals? You got you guys heard of pregame uh ritual that you go through?
0: Uh, I mean, more or less. Yeah. Um, I don't like to get too hung up on superstitions. I think that that can do more harm than good if you're worrying too much about like tying your left shoe first and, and all that stuff. So, you know, I just get to the locker room two hours before the game. Um, and I usually put my pads on right when I get there and go get shots right away. So, you know, an hour and 45 minutes before the game starts. I'm going through a pretty intense shooting session just to get all of my muscles firing and see every type of shot. Um, And then I usually just go and and hang out in the locker room for the next hour. Um, I don't like to sit super quiet or work myself up. I kind of chat with the guys and enjoy the music that we're playing. And then we go out and do our actual warm up, you know, as a team and the game starts. So
1: Interesting. Yeah. And that, and that works for you. And then, but then you, and then you get warmed up again and take more shots again.
0: Right. Then uh once you know the whole team goes out, it's it's a quicker warm-up because we got to get the other goalies in and everything. But yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, were you uh you're the starter this year, obviously. What how many years did you start? I was fortunate to start all four years. My man, my man, that's pretty cool. That's super Um, cool. Yeah, yeah, congrats. Congrats on that. Um, what would you say is your best year this year? This last year?
0: Um it's tough. I I'd probably say my junior season was my my best season or the season that I felt most comfortable in the cage the whole time. Um, you know, I definitely had some good games this year, and I had some good games my freshman year. So, I don't really know. It's a tough one to answer. Maybe right. it's maybe it's too soon to process that.
1: Too soon. But if I'm gonna make a Jack Michael save edit, what what uh, what game comes to mind? What game do you think I should take a look at?
0: Uh, probably the CNU game this year.
1: The uh, Christopher
0: Newport. Christopher, Christopher Newport. Newport. All
1: right, there we go. In, in the, uh, the qu- in the quarterfinals. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Ten. Ten to nine. Win.
0: That was that was a really cool game.
1: Awesome. What was so cool about that game?
0: Um, I mean, it was a playoff game, and we got to go all the way down to Newport News, Virginia, and it was our first overtime win, mm. I think, in program history. So. It was just, it was like a hundred degrees out and it was super intense. And the fans were into it. It was just a fun environment.
1: Yeah. And program history is the York program. Not that old.
0: No, I, I think we're just have failed in overtime. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, frankly just on a,
1: Yeah.
0: I lost in two in my career. So that was the first one I won. Oh, all right. Um, well,
1: you are talking to a man who never lost an overtime game. Three and O, baby. Three and wow.
0: Well, That could have been I, me, but I failed.
1: I don't even know if I made any saves, to be honest. <laughs> in all of those three games, I think I made one save. I think I made one save, but all the other ones in my career, like we just want, we just got the ball and went down and scored. So I'm taking way more credit than than uh, than needs to be had, but that's awesome.
0: Hey, you were holding it down in there. That's all. Oh, that holding matter.
1: it down, holding it down for sure. You get the, you get the team to that point, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, switching gears a little bit. I want to talk about the mental game because it's, you know, such an important element, um, of what we do. Uh, when we, when you think about mental toughness, what, uh, are there any lessons that come to mind?
0: Yeah. Um, staying present and then not getting angry with yourself, I think are the two biggest things. I think it's so easy to Get mad at yourself and then talk bad about yourself, you know, in your own head and really put yourself down. Like thoughts, like why am I the one starting? Like the other goalies have been looked great all week and I'm in here letting goals in, or you should totally made that save, like blah, blah, blah. Um, And I think just staying present and and recognizing that there's so much game left and there's so much, many more opportunities to make a save is kind of what you should strive for as a goalie is, is staying calm and staying present. I love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think um I had this uh mindfulness coach at one of the goalie summits that I put on. Um, and he had this whole segment about about be be more kind to yourself. And it kind of got me thinking that a lot of goalies are just way too hard on themselves. And I was kind of that way when I was growing up too. As a and I played a lot of basketball, and like if I missed a shot, if I missed a layup, it was like, man, I was really mad at myself. And um a lot of goalies get that way when they give up a goal, not understanding that like a 50% save percentage is like, you know,
0: pretty pretty dang
1: good. Yeah, pretty dang good. If you can do that, like that's kind of what coaches are asking for. Um, and so that's one out of every two. And yet, like in up in their mind, like they're expecting to save every single one. And when they don't, uh, they're just brutal on themselves. And that really takes a toll not only in your game, but on your mental health as well. Like, are you just constantly beating yourself up? So that message of being kinder to yourself is
0: one that like, I have really been starting to preach. And it's something too, that you have to practice. It's not something that just comes overnight. Um, you know, I think that's a good trait to have getting mad at yourself. It shows that you're competitive and that you care, but you need to go to the field. And when you take shots, you need to practice watching your breath and, putting a smile on your face and calming yourself down or else you're going to freak out in games and, and those errors are just going to compound. So. Yeah. That's such a
1: great, that's such a great point. Such a great point. It's like, you know, if you're struggling with your mental game, I sometimes ask the goalies like, well, what do do you do for your mental game? It's like nothing. Well, okay. Like, yeah, you got to work on it. Like it's the same way as like, if you struggle with off stick hip shots, you're going to work on that type of shot. Well, if you struggle with your mental game, like every goalie should really be working on it, but especially
0: if you struggle with it, like work on it. (laughs) I think uh, a really good thing to work on it is put it in the back of your mind before practice that you're going to work on it. And then, you know, once something happens where you're just so frustrated, all you want to do is take your equipment off. The back of your mind is telling you, this is a perfect opportunity to train for better mental health. And so yeah. if you kind of have that going into each practice, I think over time and over years, you'll, you will become a, a mentally steady goalie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I would also just say, read articles I and mean, I've, I've written a lot about um, mental toughness on my, on my lax goalie rap blog. You can check out. Um, there's this book right here. I don't know if you read this one, Thinking Inside the Crease. Have you read that one, Chris? Bach? I have not. I've seen it, but I
0: haven't read it. No.
1: Yeah, Mental Secrets. I probably to become... should have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, so like, there's books and there's and there's you know, and you can read one of these lessons and been like, okay, like yeah, like that's I'm gonna try that out today. Um, right, that that way of thinking, and and when I give up a goal, like that's what I'm gonna do. Um, so yeah.
0: Yeah, and and thank you so much for for providing those resources. I know certainly in my college career, I've Googled what to do when a lacrosse goalie is in a slump, and your page has popped up. And just kind of like reading other people that play the position, they go through the same thing is is nice to read. So yeah. thank you for yeah, putting yeah. that out there.
1: Well, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. I um I love it, <laughs> and and I certainly like when I was learning the position in 1999, there was way less than there is now. So I know like the feeling of being in this very difficult sport and difficult position and not like not having any resources. And so I wanted to create a resource uh, as well. I'll tell you one other uh, tip, one other mental game tip that I've learned that I learned from someone else. Um, It's really hard to coach yourself. It's really hard to coach yourself. So you're going through a slump. Right, and you're like, oh man, I don't know what to say to myself to get out of this. It's so much easier to coach someone else. So, like, you know, sometimes you'll ask a goalie, and they're going through a slump, and I'll be like, Hey, what would you tell a goalie who's in your shoes going through that? And they've got it; they've got the answer, just like that. Just like that. But when you coach others, you're also helping yourself, right? It, it's it's really helped my mental game to when I'm like helping these goalies. With their mental issues, then I go through it myself. And I'm just like, wait a minute, I just told this kid, you know, exactly how to go through it. I know how to do it. So by helping others, you help yourself. So if you can reach out and help a goalie, and it doesn't even matter if you are, you don't have to be an expert to help others. Sometimes like just hearing that from another mouth works. Couldn't I agree more. Could not right. agree more. There you point. go. <laughs> there you go all right jack well this has been tons of fun thank you for coming on the show um if people want to get a hold of you what uh do they you got an instagram should they hit you up there
0: yeah i have an instagram handle it's uh underscore underscore jack michael underscore underscore um you can contact me there if 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 anyone's interested or, or wants to talk all right love it you're a big underscore guy yeah, they didn't have just Jack Michael available, so right, <laughs> throw some go. underscores in there. Let's
1: throw some underscores in there, and you're also doing
0: uh, coaching, right? In the in where uh, I'm coaching for White Rose La- White Rose Lacrosse Club uh, here in PA, which our head coach runs. So awesome!
1: And if people are in like that that area um, and want goalie coaching, can
0: they hit you up? Absolutely, 100. I would love
1: to do lessons. So all right. Uh, Well, Jack, if you had to leave the goalies out there with one final
0: piece of advice, what would that be? Have fun. Find what you love about playing goalie and try and bring that attitude to every practice. That's the biggest thing that matters is enjoying yourself. Very well said. Jack, thank you so much. Thank you, coach. Appreciate it. Have a
1: good one. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that episode. It's York goalie division three Honorable Mention All-American, recent grad, Jack Michael, awesome young man. Pleasure to chat about lacrosse goalie with him, listen to some of his insights. That'll do it for this week. If you want to get some virtual lacrosse goalie training from the best coaches in the sport, I recommend you head on over to goalie Summit. Com. You can see the full library of goalie summits. The videos are still available for purchase. It's some of the best lacrosse goalie training that's out there. If you go to goaliesummit.com, you can check that out. We are mid-August, as I mentioned last week, kind of a little a lull period for lacrosse as summer dies down, but fall ball has not kicked up, started up. Regardless, get out there, get some work in, do well and be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.